until I've had a few glasses of wine, I'll probably come back after the movie and sing it then. Okay. You want to do that? Like we the desert. <laughs> what is it? The animated, like the Saturday morning version? <laughs> Priscilla, a queen of the desert. <laughs> and they're all like jumping and fighting. Down. Um, Credits. Revisit things from your childhood and see if they were any good. My name is DJ. This is Damon. Hi. Oh. Gonna make fun of my emphasis already. Uh, already. I thought it was Go one ahead. of your best introductions. Thanks. Hi, I'm Damon. And I say revisit. <laughs> if I don't, then it says, it just sort of mumbles into one thing. This is where we're... Revisit. 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 Today, we are talking about Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Gonna have to stop you right there. Technically, this is much like Solo colon a Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. This is the adventures of no. Priscilla, really, comma Queen of the Desert. The adventures of you're absolutely right. You're the adventures of Priscilla, comma mm-hmm. Queen of the Desert, and I know it's desert because it has one S. Which right, it's not Queen of the Desert, which really just looks wrong to me. But that's because. A lot more dessert in my life than deserts. <laughs> let's be honest. I live, you have lived in temperate climes, yeah. and you got a sweet tooth. I am not. I am from east of the Mississippi. <laughs> I like that it's all desert for the, to the west. Of the uh, I have absolutely nothing to contribute. Did not know that this movie existed. Before you literally today. didn't know it existed never, at all. At all. I, unless it was in a conversation with you, I don't think I've ever even heard this movie title. I have heard of the, its twin movie that we're going to talk about, Tu Wong Fu, comma, comma. Thanks, thanks for everything, everything. maybe Space. a comma, Julie Thank, Newmar. Julie Newmar, yeah. And that had her address, and the original title had her full address. <laughs> P.O. Box, 7007. <laughs> West Hollywood, C.A. 90078. Near a block, 48. Yeah. Um, so... I, I hopefully I'll have some reaction to things that you say because I don't have anything to. Uh, thank you, um, thank you for seeding the floor. Um, I'm gonna Maxine Waters and reclaim my time here, and just ask you to. I'm just gonna bang on this gavel. Reclaim over here. my time. Did she have a gavel? No, but it's it not. Seems like that's a, thing. a great investment, Mrs. Ms. Oh Waters. yeah, you got to get a gavel. Uh, so this is a movie that came out. <laughs> what is it my book report on the movie <laughs> this uh, is a movie there are three interesting themes in <laughs> priscilla queen of the desert and they are as follows now what kind of rainfall qualifies it as a desert <laughs> thank you for a, a lot of people associate deserts with dryness but it's actually <laughs> associated with i don't know um tundras can be deserts mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there are cold deserts antarctica Mm-hmm. Is the world's biggest desert. Still I think I that saw that on a Snapple to. cap, though, so yeah. I don't know how true that is. <laughs> Those are heavily vetted, though, I think. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of fact checkers over at the yeah. Snapple Corp. This came out in, I think, 93 or 94. 94. Thank you. I know, because I just Googled it. <laughs> um, I remember my brother renting it, and I don't think Mom either was aware or she just knew... After the Rocky Horror Picture Show debacle, just don't bring it up, or else Damon will definitely watch it. Did you it. see debacle? Yeah. Okay. Like, uh, is it debacle? 
Might be that's, debacle. That's why I've always said it. It always sounds like, though, I'm putting on airs if I say debacle. 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 Yeah, so me and my was, brother are going down to the bait and tackle where was there was a say, big debacle. Just sounds like you've got like a, a, a sack of a mouth chew. Gonna, then we're probably going to debacle in my... Head over to the Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> afterwards. Uh, and uh, so my brother did watch it. I watched it with him. Yeah. I think I was excited mostly because I knew Terrence Stamp, a.k.a. General Zod, was going to be oh, in yeah. it. Plays a trans woman in it. Um, okay. So it's a little bit of stunt casting, maybe. Right. Um. But I also like got a giddy little thrill to watch it. Uh, it is mostly it's all three drag queens. Okay, Guy Pierce has very oh. it's a very muscly drag queen. I will say he's that a muscle queen. Yeah. Um, is that a category of drag queens? It's not. But there is a contestant on this season of RuPaul's Drag Race who really wants it to be. Okay. Because she got into bodybuilding at one point, and now she's trying to make muscle queen a thing. And it's like, no, we're not. No, get out of here. Um, but it's also a fun road movie. Okay, so is this is this like really similar to Tu Wong Fu? I think so. I, I'm I don't think I've ever seen that one, but I am more aware of it. Like, and that is also out. a road movie. Yeah. So I just this one them uh, in a car. There's a kid. I think uh, Elrond uh, Hugo Weaving, Agent oh, Smith, Red Skull, Red Skull, as it were, sir. But not in Infinity War. Just no. in Captain America, yeah. which makes it weird. And it's also, how did you get on this other planet? We can't. We're not just like jumping across planets here. Oh, you well, can't just just gloss over that. Well, he grabbed a hold of the Tesseract, which is actually uh, contained the Space Stone. Oh, so, so it actually go does wherever he wants. Kind of check out. I mean, oh, okay. in as much as. But they didn't explain that. They're just like, uh, you fill no. in the blanks here. Yeah, they didn't. I mean, they they. Yeah, they didn't. I don't think they've ever really explained how the Tesseract works. They no. seem to be just be like energy. Next question, and I'm like, what about Red Skull? And they're yeah. like. I said, next question. Why is Marvel giving a press conference just to me? I don't know. (laughs) I do like, it's like the Captain Planet thing where they're like, wind, water, heart. They're like, what? And then when he's like, what? (laughs) And when he does heart, like trees grow around him. Like, Mm. that's not heart. That's That's, a different thing. That's just like the the biome there. (laughs) Got there. Um, but anyway. he, he's, he's got a kid and it takes him across the outback and it's cute. There's also a fairly dirty thing about shooting ping pongs out of vaginas. Sure. As, buckle up, as most buckle up about for that. that. Is it, is this take place in Australia? Yeah, it's all okay. Australia. They're going from Perth to Sydney or Sydney oh, to Perth. That's a very long trip. Yeah. Um, they got a bus. Okay. I so, remember being like giddily thrilled as a kid because I had no contact with uh, gay people, gay movies, or drag queens. Or so watching it was just like I felt like I should not be this doing this right now. Is Priscilla one of the characters? No, okay. Priscilla's the name of their bus. Oh. Any yeah. other questions before we dive in? <laughs> Most of them will be answered during the course of the movie. I thought I, I thought it would be, but I, you know, I just thought that might be. Uh, sorry, if that's a spoiler. No, that's not a spoiler. That you're good. Let me think who else might be in this. I believe the woman who played Rita Repulsa in the <laughs> Mighty Morphin Power Rangers colon the movie movie. I believe she's in it. Wait, uh, what's her name? Like the one that in the newest movie? No, not Elizabeth oh, Banks. Okay, okay. In the movie that came out during the height of Mighty Morphin oh, Power okay. Rangers. Yeah. Uh, but she only played Rita Repulsa in that movie. Right. She wasn't yeah. like in this series. Yeah. Wait, there's a Broadway Yeah, show? they did a Broadway musical 
fairly recently. Also, the costumes are amazing. I believe the costumes either... I believe they won. Oh, they won Oscar. Oh, and wow. the woman who did the costume, she wore a dress made out of gold American Express cards and David Letterman in his imitable style kept talking about it throughout the night. He's such a cad. <laughs> I love him. Adam Whiteley is in this. Oh, I'm glad he made it. You'll you'll uh, remember him as his character Leighton Picken. So I guess we're just gonna buy this uh, or yeah. rent it, rent it on Amazon. So pull it uh, up. We haven't really checked on that yet, so we may not. If we it may have to do another movie. <laughs> so uh, watch along with us. We'll be back in just a sec. good at them you're kind of like the matthew mcconaughey of patreon commercials you know when i'm driving a lincoln i like to also think about supporting my favorite podcast your inner child is an idiot it turned into george w bush there it did it did but you know what i i feel like they're in the same impression family yeah Patreon.com slash your inner child's an idiot. Support the podcast. There's uh, different levels of support. You can get lots of cool goodies, uh, Patreon-exclusive episodes. We just released uh, one a couple weeks ago. Um, you can get uh, drawings by Damon. You can get songs by me. You can get all kinds of fun things. You get your name in the credits. Patreon.com slash your inner child's an idiot. All right, all right, all right. You didn't tell me that that excellent song by C.C. Peniston was going to be in this song. Uh, You know what? Uh, I know how much you love that song, so I apologize. I have a, some might find surprising uh, affinity for uh, 90s, mid-90s R&B. And also once you fell in love with a man with uh, brown cocoa skin and curly black hair. Finding Mr. Right is something, something, something. The man of your dreams. Yeah. You found true love, or at least it seems. Ay, 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 ow. That was lip synced too properly, that part. That is correct. Thank yes. you. And this is lip syncing 101 with TJ. So we'll talk about that in a second. Okay, so. Let's not rush ahead. The Adventures of Two Priscilla, Thanks for Everything from the Desert. <laughs> uh, no, this is uh, The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Please recap this movie. Thank you. I will. Thank you. I, I'll assume this isn't tokenism because I also am an Australian drag queen. Dear gay, please <laughs> recap this gay movie. For me. I love that. That's my nickname is just gay. <laughs> just gay. <laughs> I uh, also love that. So um, at the beginning of this movie, uh, Hugo Weaving, Elrond, uh, gets a call from his- Agent Smith. <laughs> from his wife. Red Skull. Um, <laughs> His wife, Red Skull. <laughs> You've got some fanfic going on. 
Uh, he gets a call uh, from a woman we later find out is his wife. She wants him to do some shows as a drag queen. He is a drag queen. That That is his job. Yeah. Um, and he agrees to it. He decides to take with him his friend. Aldridge Killian. Our Aldridge Killian. Uh, and his friend, General Zod, mm-hmm. uh, to uh, all the way across. Not actually when they look at a map, not all the way across the Australian outback, about halfway across yeah. the Australian outback on, like, the Alice southern, Springs. Sound like the southern coast or something? It looked like when they were on the map, that was right in the middle there. I'm going to find out right now. I hope it's a real town and not like Springfield, USA or something. Alice Springs, Australia. It's a town in Northern Territory. Oh, yeah, they do mention the Northern Territories. Oh, yeah, it is right in the middle there. There you go. Maybe that's also a metaphor. That makes sense, because they're going, like, not across the desert. They're going into the desert. Um, So he uh, agrees. The the trio make their way. They buy a bus and decide to drive across half of the Outback. And uh, they have a breakdown after taking a shortcut on a dirt road. A breakdown. Uh, Now, do you mean, which way do you mean that? I mean an engine breakdown, not a nervous breakdown. Although their bus might have had a nervous breakdown. On the Saturday morning cartoon show, I should mention the Saturday morning cartoon show of uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, the bus can talk and has several nervous breakdowns (laughs) a season. Um, And he's like, oh, oh, guys. Oil is his his tears. (laughs) Yes, and he farts fumes. Hmm. (laughs) A Leguizamo was in Anyway, they have a bunch of uh, vignettes as, as per a road movie. Eventually, they run across a man named Bob um, after a ping pong vagina related uh, adventure. Uh, he joins their troupe, much like a Japanese role playing game and uh experience level 20 uh he joins them they make their way to alice springs they do the show and uh they meet both hugo weaving uh they meet uh agent smith's son yeah and his his wife Mm -hmm. his son was a secret beforehand oh by the way at some point guy pierce almost gets homophobed yeah yeah is that there's almost a queer smearing yeah and raping uh but you know, yeah. hey, homophobes. Yeah, I know you probably don't listen to the show, but if you're really trying to drive home the homophobe point, how many don't homophobes rape, do you think we have in the audience? Don't, don't rape men. Not only not only homophobes are listening to this podcast, but they're also going Priscilla Queen in the Desert. I'm gonna listen to that episode. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's with the <laughs> drag queens. Well, hey, think- Brad, Brad. <laughs> I think they're gonna do two Wong Fu next week. <laughs> He's Australian. Brand. That wasn't my Australian. Are you asking for my Australian uh, accent? Uh, no. Hey, Breed! Get in me! I think they're gonna do D-Wing V! Thanks for everything It's not even a... It's more like a New Zealand... New Zealand accent. New Zealand. Fuck! New Zealand. Um, Go on. Zealand sounds like a fake language in a fantasy novel. Much, like in Piers Anthony's Xanth novels. Much, I spoke old <laughs> Zealish to him. Much like Lord of the Rings, which Elrond appears in, and he's in this movie. Bring it back around. Go ahead, Damon. Mm-hmm. And then Red Skull uh, yeah. is in the Lonely Mountains, sitting on the dwarf's uh-huh. ward. Uh-huh. Did I cover everything? Um, 
And they eventually do a C.C. Pennington song. Pennington? Penniston? Penniston. Um, and, you know, they all live happily ever after. And they dead name uh, Bernice. Yes. Which is a thing I didn't know what that meant. Can you explain it to our audience as if they don't know? Because I didn't know. <laughs> uh, uh, this is a term I only am vaguely familiar with. But it's, you know, when a trans person takes on their new name after transitioning, uh, it's rude. It's uncouth. To use their their name that they were assigned at birth. Yeah. So in this case, Bernice was Bernice. Is that right? Yeah, Bernice. Uh, Bernadette. Her name was Bernadette. Oh God. I think it's Bernadette. Oh God. Am I dead naming her already? No, I'm God. wrong naming her at the very least. Well, you're not dead because Ralph was her. Uh, Ralph was her birth name, and and uh, people use that to taunt her. Although she does kick someone's ass for it. Yes. She kicks Memento's ass. Bernadette. Thank you. Um, this, yeah, it, it makes sense. You know, like the sort of transitioning experience is often a very long and difficult and fraught with peril, both external and internal, like all that kind of stuff. So the whole point is that they're able to sort of move on. And it's just a, a sign life. of the respect that you have accepted their transition. Right. So if you yeah. keep using their name, they don't want to use anymore. Hey, don't be a dick. I just think like I'm, this is an area like dealing, like being sensitive to the transgender experience is something that I have a not so great past with. Like I didn't understand for what you was, were, you were head of the anti-transgender party <laughs> for a period. Yeah. It's in comparison, it's not so serious, but I, I have like, you know, thought things like what the hell, I don't care. Your uh-huh. name is Fred, right. like stuff like that. That's really insensitive to somebody's experience. And I feel like I've grown as a person sure. over the years and as you do, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that there are still people out there that like, and I, and I kind of don't even understand the other way anymore where someone's like, like if you came to me and you were serious and you said, I'd like you to call me whatever. Right. And, I, you know, we may joke if, uh, uh, for a minute, but, like, if you're serious and you're seriously asking me that, it doesn't even matter. Like, what if I came to you, though, and asked you to call me D-Dog? Well, be honest. I mean, I would, it would take me a minute. Listen, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm, a, I'm this massively good person. By the way, I'm not transitioning. I just want you to call me D-Dog. Listen, D-D. X-Dog? <laughs> X-Dog, I already do call you, so... <laughs> Um, I just, it's weird to be like, no, I'll call you this thing that I always call you that you also told me to call you at some point. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If I'm like, Hey, my name is DJ. Like, you don't know that that's actually my name. That's just what I'm introducing myself as. Like, unless you were there when I was born or something, you know? I mean, true. There is a caveat here. Again, having nothing There's to do with There's a limit. We will not accept D-Dog. Uh, if I came to you and asked you to call me X-Dog, I would be fine if you did not want to call me X-Dog <laughs> because that's a douche move. Um, <laughs> there was a guy at my school who wanted us to call him Henri. His name was Mark. Okay. I called him Mark. Do you remember one time when we had a uh, a waiter who's like, hey, if you need anything, <laughs> you need anything. Do I remember? <laughs> it's tattooed into my brain. You, Go ahead. If, if you guys need anything, my name's two times. And we were all like, I don't think so, Brad. <laughs> so that's an example um, not of dead naming yes. because that guy's name was Eric or whatever. Right, yeah. Um, and don't don't choose two times as your name because <laughs> you're asking for trouble. 
But in this movie, though, they consistently call uh, Bernadette. Yes. Now you're just being an ass. Now I'm just like Beatrix. I have no idea. <laughs> I'll just hold on. I'm going to tattoo a memory of Bernadette Peters in my brain. Got it. So never I, a mistake I will make again. There was a, a few things that I learned from this movie. Uh, Ooh, okay, no, yeah, I don't go know. ahead. If you just want to list them, we can just well, tackle them one by one. First one is, you know, is dead naming because it, that wasn't in the movie, but it, the concept was in the movie. The, the term was not in the movie, but right. you explained that to me. Um, is ring pirate a common phrase? <laughs> <laughs> I had not heard that, um, but I assume it has something to do with anal sex. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm no linguist. Through context but, clues, yeah. I figure out what it means. Uh, there was one other one. I can't remember what it was. Was it um, blowing your box apart with a lit tampon? No. No, it wasn't. (laughs) I guess it was just those two things. Oh, wow. Well, a list of two. Is the cake some sort of symbolism that I don't understand? Or was that literally just a cake? I think uh, she just had a cake. Okay. Let's go. Let's get into it. Let's let's talk about it. Um, I can't. I couldn't really figure out until the end. Where to put Aldrich Killian's character, <laughs> Guy Pierce's character? Uh huh. What do you uh, mean? What What do you mean by the end? Well, but the end of the movie, he's like a chaotic good, like he's like a right. But he he's actually a part of the group. But at first, the the bickering and the sort of they're like really kind of mean to each other, mm-hmm. and like uh, Red Skull and Aldrich Killian are cool, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, Elrond and Zod are cool. Okay, I gotta stop doing that. You can also call him uh, Chancellor Valorum if you really want to get into the Star Wars prequels. So, uh, Guy Pierce and Hugo Weaving Weaving are cool. And then Hugo You can also call him Rex. He was Rex and Babe. Uh, Please check episode of our show. Yes. Um, And then Hugo Weaving and Terrence Stamp are cool, but then Guy Pierce and Terrence Stamp are kind of not cool. Like, he didn't. Terrence Stamp's character didn't want him to come. Right. Um, but I couldn't tell if that was like a playful, like it was, they were being kind of playful, but they were also being really mean. Like they lock him out, lock uh, Guy Pierce out of the bus at their first camping stop. Like for real, like yeah. all night long, he has to sleep outside. I think the, the, the impression I've got, and I will say I've seen this movie uh, probably cl- get it. If, if not two double digits, I have seen it uh, many times. Yeah. Um, so uh, the feeling I get, it's colored by the end when he's clearly a force for good. Right. Yeah. But I, the feeling I get is he's probably a newer queen, a younger queen. He okay. still seems to live or either live with his mother or his lifestyle is supplemented by his mother. Sure. Cause that's where um, he gets all his clothes. Right. Yeah. And, um, and he seems to just be sort of uh, maybe a little bit hyper, uh, sort of almost like a Jack McFarlane type character, yeah. um, who is just really over the top and can grate on people's nerves, especially if they're bitter old queens like uh, Elrond and General Zod. Yeah. Um, so I think he's grating in that aspect. Terrence Stamp very specifically does not like him. Right. And says so at the beginning. Although, and this sort of plays into where, and don't get me wrong, I love Terrence Stamp. Yeah. So much. He's, even though his face rarely changes, he's always 
uh, some sort of like he's like super campy but he keeps it all inside yeah <laughs> and um every time he's in a movie i get a little excited um but in this movie his stiffness his overall stiffness doesn't always work and right. especially yeah. in the first half of the movie you're sort of wondering what is she thinking what is what is she re- is I, I i watching it with fresh eyes this time I was confused. Like, do they have sort of a playful, bitchy relationship, right. or does she actually hate him? Yeah. Uh, and so that's, I think that's a fair complaint because she does like express, like, oh, this fucker uh, is here. And they sort yeah. of have what seems to be written as a really mean fight, but comes off as a playful fight. And then yeah. Hugo Weaving's character is like, all right, back into the can of you two. Yeah. Uh, and it's, <laughs> and it's Spot absolutely. On. It's it's sort of like well they weren't that bad honestly like I would if yeah. I was in the bus with them I would have let them keep going at each other for a while because they don't seem to actually be angry at each other but it felt like maybe the script was written for them to be a little angrier at each other right well I wonder if it's just that you know it's also a movie so they wanted to make it entertaining so they made it right. like, quippy as opposed to like but they didn't seem like really they sort of stayed at the same level is what I mean like they didn't get angrier and angrier yeah. while still being like bitchy they just yeah. seemed like. Well, and, and ping-ponging off each other. I don't know the answer to that, except for at the end, I don't know if they did like each other the whole time or if there was just a begrudging respect. Because it's not like they have a tearful goodbye when they leave. Uh, Terrence Stamp ca- Stamp's character stays in Alice Springs mm-hmm. and Guy Pierce's character leave. And he's like, uh-huh, bye. Like, <laughs> kind of jokingly, but like they've obviously built a respect for each other, but also it's not like they have this big emotional right. thing although they do have a really good scene after guy pierce's uh attacked in yeah. Yeah. what was it called it was the most australian name yeah, of the I town can't, I, can't I keep wanting to say chappaquiddick but that's not right it's like keep it um but he almost <laughs> frank caliendo over there with all your voices uh here's my john madden hey i'm john madden over here Hey, look at that. They're throwing footballs. Ace, the hardware place. Tough acting, ten acting. Boom. <laughs> is that something he says? Yeah. I mean, of course it is. I sound just like him. Boom. <laughs> um, so I think they uh, that they, uh, Bernadette Peters, um, she has a great uh, speech about how even though they hate the town they live in, um, it actually protects them in a certain way. Right. Um, and she wonders if the suburbs are really, or whether they're a wall to keep people out or whether to keep them in, because once they go out into the world, they're sort of on their own. Uh, right. And it's really a tough moment or touching moment because she explains like, you know, uh, she sort of says, stay angry and build up this toughness. Cause you know, I'm still alive because I got tough. Right. And he learned to fight. Yeah. She learned to fight. I also think that Guy uh, Guy Pierce's character, Felicia, is his stage name at least, um, he explains his sort of thing at the beginning of his, at, at the beginning of the movie as well, where he, he says, oh, I just like to get under people's skin and, you yeah, know, see them angry, see them angry yeah. and, and piss them off. And he does that several yeah. times throughout the movie. And, uh, you know, not to have licked and blame, but he does push buttons. That yeah. gets him in a tight spot. Damn. We're in a tight spot. Have you, I, I feel like we might as well say this here. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like threatened because 
I am lucky in that I have situation. Uh, I have I am lucky in that I've never been in a situation comparable to what gay guys in mid nineties movies usually end up in. Yeah, I've never been in that situation. I was bullied as a kid, but. You know, I was never like physically bullied, right. only mentally and emotionally bullied. Um, <laughs> only just in the way. scars you can't <laughs> see. Um, so I've never been in that situation where I really think I'm going to have the shit beaten out of me because yeah. I'm gay or different or whatever. Um, which uh, I know I've heard other stories where I know I've dodged a bullet in that regard. Right. Uh, not to like get too tangential here, but one of the things that I've sort of learned in this era where we're talking about how men talk and yeah. treat women, yes, um, we'll get not only in the not too. only in the Me Too movement, but also in this sort of incel fucking nonsense where it's like I hit on this lady and she wasn't interested, so she's a fucking bitch and a whore, and I'm gonna shoot up this place or whatever the fuck. Um, yeah, sometimes men when they're being hit on by Men, I think it shows their hand more than anything because it's like, oh, well, this man's not going to take no for an answer, just like I wouldn't take no for an answer. So I'm going to have to react violently immediately. And it's just like, why don't you just state you're not interested and just move on? Yeah. Um, But I think there's almost an understanding of like, if this person is already hitting on me, I mean, it's almost telling that we use the phrase hitting on. Sure. Like there's already like this weird aggressiveness to flirtation where if it's already at the stage this guy's hitting on me, well, I'm going to have to fight my way out of it at some point. So I might as well just start fighting now. And I'm like, no, dude, you've got a lot of problems with how you interpret people flirting with you. Just say no. And, and what, yeah. theoretically, it should be fine because we're all people who can make our own choices. Yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about it that way. Um, I've been... I mean, I've had straight friends who, like, I've, you know, asked to come to gay bars. And this was ages ago. But they're like, well, I hope just none of those guys hit on me. And I'm like, oh, what happens if they do? And like, well, you know, I'm just going to have to deck them. And I'm like, why don't you just say no instead of, you know, getting really involved? Do the same thing you would do. Also, I'd like to rescind my invite. Thank you. (laughs) Maybe you shouldn't come to the gay bar. And by invite, I mean our friendship. Like what? Do the same thing you would do if you were a gay guy and you weren't Imagine a woman you are not interested in hit on you. Do that. Yeah. Oh, you'd still hit our. Okay. You know what? We're not friends anymore. There's also this sort of assumption that if you're like a, a straight man and you go to um, a gay bar or a gay party or something, that all of the men there will be attracted to you, which is pretty big headed. Oh, of to have one ounce of your confidence. <laughs> I mean, it may be true. I don't know. I've been hit on. Well, if you're also one of these incel guys where you just assume that everyone should be you <laughs> should, know, falling all over themselves yeah. to sleep with you. I've been hit on by a, a gay man exactly once. And I was, I'm sorry. I said I was sorry. Well, okay, exactly twice. <laughs> no, exactly once. Be, and I was, and I was so surprised and taken aback because it had never happened to me. And uh, I was in my car. I was Ooh. like at a party with seventies style. <laughs> I was at a party with some friends and some. I was on the dock. Didn't didn't know. And we were okay. It was it wasn't my friend's house so much as a rest area. But <laughs> no, I was at a party and then I was leaving and then this guy like. He didn't follow. It was not that creepy. It was a little creepy when I would tell this, but it was he this didn't like great. follow me out in a creepy way. But he did come out after me and then try to. He talked to me you as were I was coming out of a a truck way station. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, 
I was backing my way out of the closet. <laughs> I was uh, backing my car up, and he comes up to the window. And, you know, I recognized him from the party. I, I had met him. I don't remember what his name was. And I was like, I rolled my window down because it's clear he wanted to say something. And I was like, hey, what's up? And he's like, hey, can I get your number? And I was like, oh, 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 no. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> and then he goes, are you sure? <laughs> Which, again, to have that confidence. And I was like, oh, yeah, no. And I wish I had said, um, sorry, I'm straight. And then been like, have a that good night. would have helped. He's probably just like, wow, that, he's not interested. That yeah. queen really but did I, not I like me. I didn't even have the self-confidence to realize what was happening until I was like, I should have just told him I was, I'm straight and it would have been cool. But like, I was just so like, oh no, no. <laughs> but luckily I was in a car so I could just roll up the window and. Drive. And then you ran him down with your car. Well, because you're a giant homophobe. He had to be removed. I made it sound like it was like all the president's men more than anything else. Uh, these characters cannot apparently talk while driving a bus. Oh, uh, yeah. That, I mean, that, it's a trope of, of a road, road movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, sure. But it's so, kind of like the removing your sunglasses of yeah, road movies. God. Where uh, there is a scene like maybe, I don't know. It's not even that far in. They're sort of out of the out of Sydney and they're driving. And Guy Pierce is driving and he just goes, oh, shit. And he stops the bus and it cuts to like us looking at the, you know, outside the bus, looking at the bus. And they come out and they're just like staring off in the distance. And we sort of turn to view the road just going on for miles and miles to the horizon. Yeah. One, it's not the first moment they've hit the desert. So right. like it would have been more meaningful if they had just gotten out of the suburbs right. and then you see this giant like distance. But they had been in the desert for maybe five minutes already. So it was yeah. kind of like, uh, what yeah. Just happened? And kept, you couldn't have done this on the bus? I kept thinking they were that we were supposed to be seeing something and I wasn't seeing it. They were right. like a herd of uh, like a locust thing or what? What's going on? I just want to say like I've driven through Kansas. Like I've had this same moment. Yeah. Of like oh I'm but gonna I be here a while yeah. in the Ford Aerostar we're driving. <laughs> in. Like it's Dad goes, look mileage. at the road, and we all go, yeah. And, and then, then we all go back to our Game Boys. Right. All of us had Game Boys. Phyllis Anthopolis and her Game Boy. Harry's driving with his <laughs> elbows while he... Super Mario Land? What uh. is this? <laughs> Guy Pierce, though. Can we talk about Guy Pierce's body for a bit? He's in very good shape. He's in very good shape. Uh, he's got those cheekbones. He's a good-looking man. Yeah, and he's constantly wearing shirts that barely... Yeah. Are buttoned. They're just flowing all over. Yeah. I'm fairly sure most of his wardrobe was just gray Hanes underwear and then just like a floral mm -hmm. silk shirt. Uh, but he is so man-bodied. I mean like triangle up top? Yeah, tri upside triangle. down triangle. Yeah. Uh, that when he gets in drag, which he does uh, probably 50-50% of the time, even mm -hmm. his boy clothes are kind of draggy. Um, it's distracting because mm, he's so ripped because he's so ripped and i mean not to impugn this scene because it's supposed to be a dramatic moment but the scene where he goes to that uh that scene where he almost gets beaten up yeah and he uh, goes to this group of guys who are just hanging around in what looks to be a car it's stripping like, operation yeah, looks like a, a landfill sort um of. you know where guys hang out yeah um 
he he's there in sort of like a a sleeveless like cocktail dress and like his arms it's like if tom brady were in drag yeah the fact that like the guy like Even doesn't for a <laughs> yeah think that he is a drag queen like you know sort of i don't even know what i think i said at this out loud what's your end game here guy pierce where he's just dressed in drag in this small town that he's already been warned about as a tough yeah. town um I guess his end game is he likes to get up in people's faces and make them angry, yeah. which he did. Yeah. But the- well, and that is the thing that the guy, Frank or whatever his name is, the guy that tried to beat him up noticed that made him right. When he lifts it. his arm to, yeah. to toast him or whatever, he, he, he notices yeah. this hard, huge arms, but I'm like, how would you not notice that before? <laughs> just the silhouette. I have like a, it's funny. Cause like as a, just a movie watcher, um, just watching that, thing go down that whole scene which you know like it's said it's very like it's pretty telegraphed that something's gonna go down at this situation right like, uh, the dumpster <laughs> whatever wherever, wherever the out. fuck we are what is this a shipping container dump yard <laughs> yeah is that a dump yard can we say and as a, a dump dump yard fill but as as he's going and you see the you see them sort of chase him down and then eventually they like start to punch him before he's saved by uh bernadette um yeah. Well, Bob, Bob and Bob Bernadette. kind of stops him and then Bernadette kicks the guy in the balls. Uh, as, as a movie watcher, you're kind of like, well, that was stupid. You were warned. What was your, like you said, what your end game is. But like, I also finding myself being like, that's a stupid reaction for me to have. Right. He should be able to go wherever the fuck he wants. Sure. You know what I mean? Like that. And without I, threats of, without rape. threats of violence, just for being who he wants to be. And that's like the 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 me- not necessarily the message of the movie or anything, but like that was a big revelation for me, like as a person, being like, why should anybody sort of conform what you want them to be, and why should why should he have to hide in his hotel room because this is a quote unquote tough town? You know what I mean? Like right. fuck that. Now, of course, saying fuck that means you're accepting that you might get beat up or killed sure. or whatever. So like. Because that's the reality of the situation. But, you know, they're, they're all, you're also sort of, like, pushing to say it shouldn't be that way. Right. And I don't care because he's sort of chaotic sort of character. He's saying, like, fuck it. Oh, and he took a bunch of pills before he went. Right. He was, like, <laughs> on ecstasy or something. Yeah. So there's that, too. But um, And Elrond uh, has that moment where he sort of uh, – that that once they've rescued him and taken him back to the hotel room – um, and he's already crying and traumatized. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, Red Skull is yelling at him. And you do have that moment where you feel bad for him, that yeah. they're just attacking him after he's already been attacked. And then later, um, Rex from Babe uh, <laughs> apologizes in the bus on the yeah. way to Alice Springs, which is a sweet moment. Yeah. But it is, I mean, there is this moment, I think, for, I know as a gay person... There's this moment of sort of living the life you want to live. And I think I know this, especially because the first part of my being an out gay man was in a small town in Indiana, in rural Indiana. Um, There was sort of like a live your life. Don't let anyone tell you to live your life anyway. But also like, keep in mind, we're in a small town in Indiana. (laughs) There was always this feeling of like, of, of course you should live your life however you want. But also, hey, be careful out there. Well, yeah, and it's, it, there's there's the sort of like macro picture of 
I should be able to be who I am and mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. There's also the personal safety picture right. of like, you might get your ass kicked. You might get killed in some cases, you know, and that's yeah. like, and this, of course, the 90s, like, like Matthew Shepard is like the, the big sort of elephant in the room when we're talking about like yeah. that whole scenario. Like, even though that's not the, only, he's not the only person that happened to that. And he happened story. after this movie, but right before me going to college. So those are the two milestones in gay history. <laughs> it was Priscilla Queen. Of the, it was Stonewall, Priscilla Queen of the Desert, me going to college. Right. Those are the three then, ones. you know, gay marriage. Flip flop dress. Do we need to talk about that? <laughs> Just to complete 180 or do you have more important things? Um, no, I think I guess I'm done. No. Um, Cost- costumes in general. Costumes in general are fantastic. We've got the flip flop dress, uh, which is what you were talking about, right? In the beginning yeah. of the show, uh, or the thong dress as it's called, but I don't call flip flops thongs. We don't. We're not uh, in this country. Um, this is America. Learn to speak English. There's like a crazy silver bodysuit dress that. Uh, Guy Pierce wears when he's like on the bus rooftop, uh-huh. just teen wolfing it up there. And there's just like an amazing, like, it's like 15 feet of flowing silver fabric. sparkly fabric. And then he, later you see him like relaxing with half of it off as he's like, they're kind of chit chatting about stuff. And it's like a full sparkly bodysuit. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the, the outfits in there. Uh, performance once they get to Alice Springs oh, are great. Yeah. Their outfits when they arrive um, in Bobstown are yeah. great. Mm-hmm. And they did a good job of when, so uh, when Elrond meets his child, he tries to sort of straighten up, yeah, <laughs> so to speak. And he wears this like Bushman, like <laughs> khaki sort of thing. And they made it really, they did a really good job making it look like he was really uncomfortable in straight clothes, even yeah. though we've all seen Hugo Weaving in normal clothes. And he's a perfectly. Call him Rex from Babe. <laughs> Red Skull is a perfectly, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say he's a normal looking man, but he, he can no, pull off he a is suit, not you know? a normal person. Norm- he is not a normal looking man. No. Yeah, this, the, the costumes were top notch. Like, they were, they were great. And I think we we talked about this a little. Uh, I've been to two real life drag shows in my life, mm-hmm. um, and they were both really terrible. And not and the first time I was like, I don't know, I don't know what's happening. I don't, I'm really confused. <laughs> the second time I had matured, and I was like, this is I like I was not uncomfortable in the situation, but they were just bad. And I was like, if you're gonna, if all you're gonna do is lip sync and wear a costume, it better be a Badass lip sync. You better be pretty good at it, and it better be a badass costume. And what you're saying is queen slay, slay queen. What I'm saying is yes. (laughs) With four A's and two S's. Thank you. I appreciate the ratio. Yeah. Uh, And they did uh, both of those things very well in this movie. Some better lip syncing than others, but still overall good. Overall is very good. Uh, I have had similar experiences with... um, Drag queens. I'm yeah. not a big drag queen person in my own life, although I do <laughs> love uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, the competition show. show. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like local drag queens, I've seen like you better 
like a lot of them sometimes are like, look what I did. I made this dress. And that is an accomplishment and that right, sure. should be praised. But that works for me for about 30 seconds. Right. Yeah. And most songs are about four minutes long. Yeah. So you've got three minutes and 30 seconds. To just look at You better costume. really know this fucking song. Um, and really have, you know, some great choreography because I'm not. Don't just fucking sway up there yeah. and fucking know the song. Yeah. Lip sync like you're actually singing it. But don't actually sing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've I've been to a lot of shows where I'm like, what is this what we're this is who started the Stonewall Riots? <laughs> um but these these um these looks, what I like about these looks is they do for the most part, aside from once they get to Alice Springs and they do that ridiculous sort of fantastical realism yeah. um performance. Uh, like changing we'll in the middle about. of yeah. changing the middle of songs to yeah. more even more complicated outfits. Their their looks kind of look like yeah they look good, but they also still look yeah that looks like someone would have made right. that. Yeah, yeah. It it looks like it's cheap and like sort of yeah this would have been maybe handed down or something that you would have like picked up a goodwill and like sort of you know yeah. uh, zhuzhed out a little bit. But um, I like that about. They they look like they're really creative queens. And you see, like, in uh, their downtime, you see, like, a Bernadette sewing on the bus. And right. uh, you see um, Hugo Weaving. And this is something you don't usually see. This isn't technically a musical, but it's a music-driven movie. You see him actually working on his choreography, which is, for people, right. monsters, I call them, who hate musicals, are usually like, how did everyone learn all the choreographies all of a sudden? <laughs> Well, because Hugo Weaving stood in the outback and worked out the choreography when you weren't looking. Right. Um, uh, it does have this sort of like, we're going to put on a show feeling, like yeah. a, almost like a Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland movie. Well, I feel like this, this, these are not, these are, these are drag queens. They're not, they're not just people like, they're not trying to. Although I think they resent the term drag queens, at least in this movie. What are the what do they call the they were lay girls? Well, uh, Bernadette was a member of a group. I think it's a specific group oh, called okay. Lay Girls. Okay. Um, well, I guess we like is that does that? A, a they term call that themselves I, cabaret okay. over and over and over again. In but this. it's but it's not. They're not just like cross dressing. They're not like right. So they're not like pretending that you. It's not Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, they're not. They're not like being like tricked you. I'm a man. They're like making right. outlandish. They're mm-hmm. dressing how they want to dress, but. It's it's a costume. They're yeah. they're performing, and it's very performative. I didn't mean to, yeah, get you away from the term drag queen. I was just noticed. Yeah. I noticed during the movie that rarely they are called drag queens, and when they sure. are, yeah, and mostly it's Bernadette who might just personally have a problem with right. the word yeah. drag queen since she's a trans woman. Um, but I think it's, that it the, gets a reaction. The costumes do a good job of that. They're all, they're yeah. very flamboyant. They're very intentionally loud and and crazy there's something you would wear on a stage for a show right and that's why when you lose a bet uh you have to wear those things outside uh in that small town that first small town they get to where they have that fight with that woman that woman who is clearly just a friend of the director (laughs) i guess (laughs) she is maybe not the strongest performer i think is what you're hinting at yeah um it definitely felt like uh, are you guys on a time crunch and you just had to yeah. take whatever she gave you? So this woman, like they, they go into town, they're dressed up in their crazy outfits and they go to a bar and then. Right. Hugo Weaving loses a card game and yeah. his punishment is that they have to walk through the town, this small town in, uh, in drag, in their frocks. Yeah. 
um, a frock and a, a cock and a frock on a rock. Yeah. Um, but they, um, that's where you get the flip flop dress. And Guy Pierce is dressed as like, like the sex bot version of those Duracell family people um, yeah. from the nineties. And then Bernadette is just wearing whatever she wants. Um, and they encounter when they go to the hotel bar. They encounter this woman, this very Australian woman. Yes, um, just a short, stocky sort of like you know, boorish. She's like yelling yeah. at him, and yeah, boorish. I like that. Yeah, uh, boorish woman, and and I guess uh, she's a bit stiff. There's also like a weird yeah. timing thing. Like she doesn't feel really threatening because you're so distracted by how not on point her. Well, this was the first point read in the movie where, cause I didn't really know what kind of movie this was going to be quality wise or anything. Uh, this was the first one where I was like, Hey, I guess the acting has been pretty good so far because this is really bad <laughs> and it's sticking out like a sore thumb. Cause she's like, Hey, we don't like your kind round here. Look here. Right. Eh? It was just like a couple of shankos. And it wasn't just that you like couldn't you I mean you could understand what she was saying. It was just like what? The timing just felt off. Yeah, it was very strange. It was like watching a YouTube video that was the sound was two seconds behind the, the video. This is where we get our first evidence that this movie doesn't actually care for women very much. Yes. Uh because she now she does threaten them or kind of like bully them. And then Sure. Karen Stamp says that she should stick dynamite, dynamite up her cooter. Now, uh, in, in so Bernadette's, many words, which in are Bernadette's go. defense, Tell, use your quote. I know you wanted. I didn't want to say the quote because I know you want to do the quote. Uh, she uh, asked go her ahead. to. <laughs> she asked her to light, any minute you want to do it. <laughs> she asked her to um, light the end of her tampon and blow her box apart because that's the only bang you're gonna get, sweetheart. Boom. Roasted. <laughs> you burnt. <laughs> Sheila, I assume. Uh, and that causes, of course, the entire uh, bar. They all laugh and, and Sheila's put in her place or whatever the fuck her name was. Um, then later they have like a drinking competition. And that one, I guess that one, that's that in a vacuum. That one doesn't necessarily bother me because that one's yeah. being mean. Right. Um, that one being that woman. <laughs> I said that woman, I thought. I thought you said that one. That thing. <laughs> I usually refer to women as things. Um, but later, and this is problematic for so many reasons, and I hate using the word problematic. It's the most overused adjective of the 2008s. Um, the 2018s. Uh, 2018s. <laughs> um we meet Bob, who becomes, you know, so their benefactor and... Yeah, helps them fix their bus. And- ad hoc mechanic, as mm-hmm. need be, later on. Um, but when we meet him, he is married to... Uh, a woman we are told to be a mail-order bride. She is Asian, I'm assuming, from her accent. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't get nervous. We've got to stay strong. <laughs> We didn't make this movie. Yeah. Um, it was doing f- pretty well up yeah. to this point. That's why it's really frustrating. And so uh, it's Bob, breakfast and tiffis, breakfast at Tiffany at this point. 
Oh, I see what you're saying. Mickey Rooney and Breakfast yeah. at Tiffany's. Yeah. Second time we brought up Mickey Rooney in this episode. Um, Relevant. <laughs> uh, they have dinner with Bob's. Uh, he looks at their engine and says, you know, they got a lot of dirt. Chuck a block full of dirt in the engine. Um, flawless again. Uh, and uh, he needs to order. He needs to work on their engine. It'll take some time. They need a gas tank. They need to at yeah. least, they need a new gas tank at best, but he could possibly clean it out and maybe they'll make it to Alice Springs. Right. Um, well, uh, they decide at least, at the very least, they'll have to stay the night there. He's like, oh my God, he finds out that, that uh, Bernadette was a member of Lay Girls, who he saw in Sydney when he was a young kid. Um, and he says, oh, you should do your cabaret act here, uh, here in town. And they are all, I mean, this goes to play into what I was saying about, you know, being in rural Indiana. They're very cautious and like, I don't know how well it will play out here, right. Bob. And um, Bob, sometimes like a clueless ally, will yeah. be like, no, it's fine. fine. Just do it. Let me just he's into it. push so you he, into it. So, so he assumes everyone will be cool with it. And... Um, they see the crowd that's gathered to see them and they're like, ah, oh, they have second thoughts, but Bob still encourages them to do it. Uh, and they say, they ask him where his wife is. And he's like, oh, well, she's not allowed in the bar anymore because yeah. she has a problem with drinking. And whenever she drinks, uh, she gets out of control or something. We sir, see her back home. She's staring at a locked cabinet. Yeah. And just, you know, shouting at it in shouting what I assume is her native tongue. Very stereotyped, um, angry. And uh, she eventually picks the chain and the cabinet opens and a costume falls out as well as many dozens of ping pong balls. Oof. Uh, the girls, um, our trio, our fearsome threesome, uh, <laughs> they do their show at Wally's is the name of the bar. Uh, they are met with only claps from Bob. Everyone else is like, what the fuck is this? Um, and then we hear, what's her name? Cynthia? Yeah. She like does sort of a over in the door or whatever. Yeah. She's wearing a fedora and a zebra patterned little strappy number. Yeah. Just a bikini top. Like a teddy. Panty. Yeah, like yeah. a teddy type deal. Uh, and she gets up on the bar and uh, she unzips her front her uh, her panties and she has ping pong balls stuffed in her cleavage and she pulls them out and we see her like uh, sensuously put them near her zipper and when the camera cuts away to guy pierce saying she can't put me uh and then you know we see her bend over the bar and pop them out with going getting some distance like yeah. hitting the opposite wall of the bar yeah and she has three in there and then Bob like pulls her down and she's screaming and yelling and he he pulls her out of the bar. And then the next morning she's leaving him. She's strapped all her luggage through her car and he's she's driving away and says, you're not a good husband. You got a small wee wee or whatever yeah. and drives away. And that's when your wife said this movie actually hates women. Yeah. <laughs> Which I couldn't argue with because really we had met two out of two and they were both yeah. horrible women. I mean, one was a horrible homophobe, and one was uh, a horrible stereotype. Yeah, and the, the other one being who well, we've popped got, ping pong balls out of her vagine. We've got we do have Hugo Waving's wife, who is right. Who we meet later, and she's, she's great, positive. So we do get between Terrence Stamp's character and uh, and her, we get mm-hmm. I guess two 
are the two like kind of like best options for for non-misogyny in this right uh but yeah it's kind of like they're we've got two kind of caricatures which is like it it was the first woman in the bar was sheila or whatever her name was was more distracting just for her acting but in context of also cynthia you're kind of like do we have a problem here you know what I yeah. mean? Like when you, especially when you put them both together, it's kind of like, do we hate straight women or like you know like what I mean? Like cisgendered women. Yeah. Like, do we have a problem with them? Yeah. It it was a weird moment. I thought we could go down uh, like baseball card style and uh, give us the stats of each of the three women. Okay. So Guy Pierce, I think we both agree is best lip sync. Yes. Worst yeah. body though. Worst body. I mean, no, he's like man wise, fantastic body. Do okay. not get me worst, wrong. Worst, like worst looking drag sexy. body. Okay. Yeah, okay. He doesn't know how to. I guess I would say like there are plenty of drag queens who have man bodies, right? But they know how to deaccentuate certain parts of their body gotcha. to create an illusion. Okay, okay. He does not know how to do that. Okay, fair. Um, Hugo Weaving has the best overall look, like. He yeah. looks like drag queens I've seen. Yes. But if he's not singing, he doesn't singing know what to do with weird his face. Faces. Yeah. A lot of weird Muppet faces. Which I will say I enjoy very much. Um, and Terrence Stamp, for his age, who I assume is in his 60s in this movie. Yeah. He's uh, he keeps been, up with his choreography. Hasn't he always been in his 60s? <laughs> That's He's still possible. in his 60s, right? Yeah. He is uh, forever stuck in a time loop. Yeah. But he uh, he keeps up with his choreography well, although like he might be the worst of the three. And yes. he he doesn't have great choreography, but I could buy that. Like he's like you know an older queen, elder stateswoman. He's an older yeah. performer, yeah. Um, or Bernadette is an older performer, and she's like at the end of her career. Yeah, but her faces that she makes. <laughs> It's amusing when she's performing, but it is, it is amusing yeah. outside of the movie. But right, like, it's yeah. like, why are you frowning? <laughs> yes. Why are you making these like stern, like school marmish faces yeah. at poor unsuspecting Aboriginal peoples who have encountered you in the desert? It's very funny though, to see the juxtaposition of like these very loud costumes, a big loud makeup, the crazy choreography, and then just like blank face, blank face, like a really like, <laughs> stern Terrence Stamp face. Like, the, this is the last place I'd like to be. Yeah. I did write down your quote, am I going to hate Bob? Yeah. I, I think was, you were scared because he was the first straight man in the movie. And you were like, how's he going to fuck this up? He, because he's very sweet, like, the right. whole time. And I'm wondering if it was like, going to be a heel turn at some point. Because you did get, like, the... <laughs> Wrestling. The, <laughs> the, uh... There are some good Samaritans that help them when their bus is broken down. But as soon as they see that it's three, they the first, uh, it was um, Bernadette who they pick up at first. And so they're kind of like, well, a little standoffish. But when they see that it's three drag queens, right. they're like, he hits the gas and goes out of there. So I don't think, I didn't think Bob was going to like murder them. But I just was like, is he going to do something shitty? Yeah. But I was really glad he didn't because I really like Bob as a character. Bob was great, aside from the fact that he seemed to actually actively hate his wife, who we found out, like, he got drunk with and she got married when they were drunk. And then he was too honorable to, you know, annul the marriage. Yeah, the backstory was a little wonky, but, yeah. I got got some quick hits here. 
Oh, um, lay them on me. Positive. Agent Smith's drunk sales pitch for the makeup. He's been he like <laughs> hawks this hawks this stage makeup the whole time, and at one point he's completely drunk and he's trying to sell like just this local like a townie in that the bar where they're getting crazy drunk and right. It's really amusing, the uncle story. <laughs> so guy Pierce tells this like backstory that you think is going to be like a sexual abuse story, and it is in that his uncle tries to get him to reach in and. And, His uh, uncle's in the bath, in a bubble yeah. bath, mm-hmm. and says, reach in right Correct. here Gently and pull, pull. Gen- pull gently. Yeah. But he pulls the the bath plug, and so he gets stuck. His, His genitals balls, get His stuck. balls get stuck. That was a pretty amusing story. It was because you, both of you, both you and your wife were like, oh, no, like you're yeah. going to have to suffer through like a traumatic yeah. sexual abuse story. But I mean, it's still a sexual abuse story, but with a winner... In that the child uh, mangles the person's <laughs> genitals. Always good when a sexual abuser gets their genitals. It's a pick-me-up. A yeah. little pick-me-up. They do like a almost Three Stooges style. Like they simultaneously, the three of them put on their sunglasses at the same time as they <laughs> exit the bus at one point. That was really good. A um, couple of negative things as well in here. Uh, oh. Lots of dead kangaroos did not like that. Ooh. Two, at least two dead kangaroos. It's really only two, but still. That's true. Uh, Bernadette has to share a backseat with a dead kangaroo that was either hunted or picked up by the two people who then in turn made up a couple um, <laughs> that uh, pick her, pick her take up, her yeah. back to the bus. And there's a barbecue with a, with a kangaroo. We just went to the zoo last week and we got to pet kangaroos. So that really upset Lauren. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah. I Had I known that, I wouldn't have chosen this as the movie. So here's a question for our Australian listeners. Is uh yeah. is nice night We're listening. Li- nice night for it. Oh yeah. Is that an actual phrase or is that just one they use twice in this movie to comic effect? Which was very funny. So the, the three uh main characters are practicing their dance moves in full costume and then they turn around and point and then there's like a man there mm-hmm. standing there. This is when they're broken down. Their bus is broken down and it's a uh, Aboriginal guy who takes them back to their party and then they're like hanging out for the rest of the night. But when he but, encounters them. But when they point at him, he just goes, nice night for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then later uh, there's a running gag. Uh, a literal running A literal gag. running gag of a woman who's trying to run across the entire outback or whatever. I didn't really catch the beginning of that. It wasn't very, it wasn't framed well, I will say that. Yeah. Like, they don't introduce it successfully. Um, when they're launching the Priscilla, that oh, the scene opens with you're seeing sort of a very staid uh, ceremony for this woman. And you, if you read the banners, it's like, you know, saying that she's a runner and she's going to run across the outback. Yeah. But the banner's semi out of frame and you right. never really hear what the guy's saying yeah. to her. And you just see this woman in a purple running suit. And then they're distracted by all these, uh, Queens at the gay bar down the street, screaming and throwing confetti at the, the bus. Yeah. Uh, and so it's not set up very well, but she pops up several times running beside them. And one time she runs right by them and they go, nice night for it. Mm-hmm. Which is good. It's a good callback. I have a feeling, just the way it's done, that it's an Australian it's a phrase. Film. It sounds like one. Sounds like. And a, I feel like I've heard it in other like British Empire related sure. shows. Um, I could eat the crotch out of a dead duck is really the only Australian phrase I know. And I would use that in what context? You're so hungry, you could eat the crotch out. Of oh, a duck. I, or I could eat a nun's bum through a cane chair. <laughs> 
Now that's solid. Thank you for yawning through my colloquialisms. You, you want to try it again? Bastard. You want to try it again? No. You had your chance. Um, Entertain me, DJ. That's all I got. I think I've got, that's all I got. Yeah. You want to go to the verdict? Yeah. Okay. Damon, your verdict, please. Uh, overall, this is a good movie. It has some moments that give you cringeworthy. There's a few mentions of the T word in reference mm. to trans people. Um, and uh, there's some dead naming. And maybe it's hard to tell if the movie really takes Bernadette's identity seriously or not. But I also think that that just might be the language that was used for that was used around trans people at the time. Maybe right. not the best moment, but I think that's not out of place for the time. I mean, the most cringeworthy is the ping pong moment because it's so, yeah. not only is it kind of racist, kind of sexist, but it also is so in its own moment. You it doesn't com- sort of blend with everything else. It's kind yeah. of zany for zaniness sake. Yeah. Um, I feel like you could completely remove that vignette from the story and it wouldn't it wouldn't, wouldn't affect the movie and that's you'd lose that's lose 33 percent of the women in the movie true i guess you'd lose a quarter of the women in the movie yeah sorry um but yeah it's not the best moment yeah <laughs> but it's a great movie i laughed um the first third i think is a little rough um but i feel like once it gets going it's 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 great yeah I agree. I agree with that. It, I think it uses. We didn't touch on this, but it uses flashbacks to really good effect. We touched on mm-hmm. with the um, the, the genitals, uncle. the yeah. uncle, the uh, uncle. Um, but also, uh, Hugo Weaving has that great flashback where he is remembering his son being born, but we don't know that yet. We just see a doctor like coming back in the hospital, and he's right. like in full drag. Yeah. And then later, that scene is repeated, but with Felicia, Bernadette, and Bob as the three nurses behind the doctor. Yeah. And uh, we learned that 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 was the moment he realized his son was had been born. I don't know why I wanted to mention that then, but it's a great. I like. I like. Yeah, and they're they're very subtle. Like they're not subtle, but they're very seldom used. There, I think mm-hmm. there were like maybe four. In the they're whole very thing. effective. Yeah, used. and I I really like that they didn't do like or like. Right. We get a flashback for each person. I think. Yeah. It it's like you didn't need to like obviously this is either you know the second time it's a fantasy kind of but like this is very obviously a different thing they didn't find the need to like telegraph it and they only use it a few times and then yeah yeah um, but yeah I I think it's it's a little rough around the edges but I think it's it's great the characters are all enjoyable I feel like they're semi realistic maybe not that woman in porpoise spit or wherever the hell they were but it was great. What did you think, DJ, as a new viewer? Problems that we spoke of aside, the the possible misogyny, the definite uh, racial stereotype of, of Cynthia's character and just the weird, like, you, I think zaniness is a good, it was just kind of out of, out of left field uh, tone-wise mm-hmm. with the rest of the film. Even though it's not like it's not a silly movie, there are definitely silly moments everywhere, but it's like, what is this? This is like belongs in Naked Gun or something. <laughs> You know, it was that right. kind of zany. Um, all that aside, all that aside, although I am laughing now thinking about how she winks before that ping pong flies out of yeah. there. 
Um, all that aside, this is great. I laughed a lot. I, I felt like the characters were, uh, the main characters at least were pretty well defined and, and interesting. And even though there was like some confusion, like I mentioned in the first act where like, are they friends or whatever? I feel like that actually was kind of compelling too. Mm-hmm. Cause you're like, then when later they do have some growth, when, um, Guy Pierce's character gets beat up and they, she, uh, she defends him and stuff like that. Like it actually has more weight because of that. So yeah, I thought it was good. Also, I got so many hot eyes with the sun. His son is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what a cool little guy that, that, that some, <laughs> some writer made up. <laughs> what a cool little fictitious guy. <laughs> uh, what do you think, everybody? Email us. You're in a child is an idiot at gmail.com. Call our hotline, 615-576-0525. I always call it a hotline. I know, but at that time it rang like party line to me. Like, call our call hotline. Party line. Leave us a message. We'll play it on the show. we got unmarried girls. Why would you say unmarried girls? That's Follow weird. us on Twitter at Y-I-C-I-A-I. Find Sexier us on- if they are married <laughs> in a lot of ways. Find us on Instagram at You're in a child is an idiot. Don't go on Facebook, but we're on there if you really and want to. And women, not unmarried girls, unmarried women. Uh, Stop infantilizing I always forget to, get, forget to do this, but I want to say a big thanks to Russ Weaver for the use of his song Top of Two for our ad music. Um, he's a real cool guy. Thanks, Russ. Song. I want to give a big thanks to our patrons, including Jacob Grimm. Jeremy Pallon. Joshua Nicholson. Karen Curd. Larissa Maestro. Dan Tire. Ghost in the Burbs. Jonathan Day. Thank you guys very much, and our other patrons as well. Patreon.com slash your inner child's an idiot. You can become a patron and oh help us God. continue to make the show and get lots of cool stuff. Thanks for listening, everybody. Finally, it's happening.